Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. I am your host tonight, Keel Thor. On Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News. With me are the unknowns. She's a Sheila from Down Under, Stella Q. <laughs> She's a woman of sophisticated taste. Ashley, think, change, repeat. Hello. And last but not least, he's America's sweetheart, Justin the Ism Cant. Welcome, everybody. Howdy, howdy. So we've got some stories to tell you that are in the news that you may not have heard as the uh, the opening intro informs you. So let's uh, kick the night off with Ashley, and I think she's got some important health news for everybody. I do. Thank you, Keel. So I would say the top news story for this particular week concerning the COVID and pharma situation would be the fact that we got a new video drop from Project Veritas this week. And in the video, they dropped it on YouTube. It had one of their honeypot reporters on a date with a Pfizer employee by the name of Jordan Walker. And in this conversation that was recorded between these two, Jordan Walker believed them to be on a date. And he, if you just if you haven't seen a Project Veritas video, basically somebody who is an undercover reporter is going to be recording the interaction that they have, um, sound and video if possible. And normally it, it appears that the pattern is that the person believes that they are on some type of date with this person. They're out having drinks or dinner or both. Um, and sometimes the videos are spaced over several different conversations that are had with this person and then they extract whatever is the most newsworthy groundbreaking so in this particular case um these two men were having dinner together and drinks and De jordan walker the pfizer employee definitely seemed to be buzzing especially in the first one and essentially he's admitting after the other the Project Veritas reporters asking him questions, he admits that Pfizer is at least considering doing what essentially seems like gain-of-function work to try to, quote, predict what strain of COVID is going to be coming out, and that way they can tailor vaccines to it. Now, my own personal take is that this certainly if you believe this, then that means that we're giving credence to germ theory. So I want to go ahead and put in the disclaimer there. There's a lot of information that makes you think that the, the whole virus thing, germs thing are just not real. Um, and that whenever we get sick, our body is purging. It's an intentional detox that, that the body's doing, but um, that's a whole other story. We're assuming that they know that they're being truthful about the existence of viruses. Okay. So basically saying that they're trying to mutate the virus so that they can get ahead of, um, whatever strain it's going to be, and then they can create the vaccine for that. So that's huge news. It sounds like they're doing quote gain of function 
work here in the United States, which is illegal. It also sounded like he was admitting that they either would test or that they are testing on live animals. Um, James O'Keefe, the front face of Project Veritas, referred to this as unethical, and I would agree with that. And then, um, so that was kind of the bombshell revelation was essentially that they are meddling with this virus in order to get in front of the next vaccine. He admits that it would be a cash cow for them, that COVID has been a cash cow for Pfizer. And he also says that it is bad for the general public because I guess these people are being predatory. It's more about money than it ever is about public health. And he also mentions the fact that government people who are in a position of regulator, like the FDA and things like that, are actually incentivized to not be as critical about Pfizer because there's essentially a revolving door from the federal government and these regulation agencies to big pharma. Um, it's a pattern that's been repeated over and over again. They'll leave a government position and then they go into a high high-ranking position with the pharmaceutical company. So knowing that that precedent has been set, then people are incentivized to not be critical of the pharmaceutical industry. And um, I, I forget what they the term was that uh, Dr. Robert Malone was in the Project Veritas video, kind of reviewing his thoughts on it. And I encourage you to watch it if you haven't seen it. It's I, it may be hard to find. You may need to go to the Project Veritas website. It was on YouTube. That's where it aired. But I believe that YouTube took it down and pretty quickly too. So basically, that's it. There's um, appears to be some nefarious activity going on in Pfizer. I would personally say that that's not surprising to me at all. I think they have been grifting and, you know, I don't know at worst, grifting off of us and just stealing money at, or excuse me, at best. And then at worst, they're trying to kill us uh, or create lifelong um, pharma dependence on their products. Justin. Um, can I play devil's advocate real quick? Yeah. So here is probably the biggest like issue with really all of the Project Veritas videos um, it's just a really easy way to criticize it, and that is just that um, basically they're all set up as, like, guy meets hot young chick uh, and is, like, real flirty with him, and then dude says, you know, yada, yada, yada. What's, what's really got to be funny is, like, after they spill all the beans, if the girl's like, okay, see you later, and just, like, like, but in, uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, here's the thing. Men will literally say anything to sleep with a woman. Okay, so, so hold, well, hold that thought. Really put a pin in it, Justin, because okay. I'll circle back to you. My camera's acting up, but I'm just, I'm, I'm rolling with it here. Nobody's watching this anyway. It's all push audio. through. Right. We're, we're going to push through. Uh, <laughs> okay. So... Having said that, that information was disclosed in the in this undercover video 
from Project Veritas. Well, shortly after that, we get maybe in the next day or two, you then have the release of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe actually confronting Jordan Walker. So it seems like they're at a restaurant, a coffee shop or something like that. And this guy, Jordan, is there. James O'Keefe is also there. He approaches him in a very... Uh, Jimmy Dore referred to it as like the Chris Hansen, how to catch a predator. Um, he's kind of like, oh, hi, I'm James O'Keefe. Well, do you have a moment to talk? That kind of thing. So he actually has an iPad and he shows Jordan what he has. And he's telling him uh, about the conversation that was recorded. And Jordan is extremely panicked at that point. You can tell that he's really panicking. Um, and he did immediately say, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. I was on a date. I was trying to impress this guy. And, um, so Jimmy Dore has two clips where they go over the actual video and then the reveal, I'll call it. And they're both really good. Jimmy Dore is on rumble and on YouTube and his coverage is pretty funny, but also it's a good play-by-play of exactly what happened but the guy is in panic mode he has the whoever manager owner of the store lock the doors because he is telling project veritas that he's calling the cops and he's saying that he like that they can't leave and i think initially the owner thought that was the right thing to do. But then I think she came to her senses and this guy was freaking out and he called the cops and he told them that he was really scared because he had four white people around him. I guess that was the whole Project Veritas team. Um, It was super uncomfortable, awkward, and Project Veritas was recording the entire time. So, um, and then it, it appears that the cops did show up, but Project Veritas had already left. And then it at least from Jimmy Dore's take coverage of that, he seemed to think that the cops would have actually arrested Jordan Walker. The other notes um, are that this guy was a Yale graduate, I think in 2013. He is actually a doctor of medicine. And then the other thing is that he was, I believe, one layer removed, like his boss worked for Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer. So he was actually pretty high up there. And then they, Project Veritas did obtain a document, an internal document from Pfizer that did verify that Jordan Walker worked there because he, he kind of admitted it, but kind of didn't like he, in the video, he said that he was a contractor. So anyway, there's a lot of uh, information out there for you to go check out. A lot of people are kind of covering this and deep diving. If you haven't haven't happened to see it yet, I recommend watching it just because um, Project Veritas does this from time to time. So even if this particular thing isn't your interest, um, it's an interesting approach of breaking news. And then the other thing that I would add to that before I finish is that, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So Eric Prince was the Blackwater guy that we talked about who was involved in essentially mercenary work in the Middle East, like during Iraq war time with Bush, Cheney, all that stuff. And James O'Keefe has been associated with Eric Prince since then. And apparently like they received high level training from Eric Prince later that was documented. So I just want to tell people like take project Veritas with a grain of salt. 
take the information, but also at least consider that they may be simply playing a part, their part in controlled opposition or limited hangout or psyop or whatever. Justin, back to you. The guy lying. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, always take with a grain of salt whenever a man is trying to impress a woman with, you know, it's, we, we have, I'm going to let the secret out here. Men have a history of over embellishing things. Well, it's it's possible. He was on a date. In this case, it was with another dude, but it's the same, same, same. If he's trying to impress someone, then it is possible that he was just BSing. Those are some pretty specific oddball things to be pulling out of your ass in order to try to impress somebody. That's what I think, too. Well, you'd have to be very sure that the person that you're trying to impress is of a certain character for that stuff to be impressive for a start. That sounds like a bunch of crap. And um, that was very quick thinking on that dude's behalf. So that was sort of impressive in a nefarious kind of way. Mm. But the fact that that guy is a doctor of medicine, I find quite frightening. But (laughs) agreed, he wasn't impressive. um, (laughs) Yeah, the the, the whole thing that, you know, let's get back to the, the core issue, which is what Pfizer's doing supposedly, uh, with this. I mean, I wonder if the gain-of-function definition has been changed in the last few days. That would be interesting. Oh, but, uh, uh, that's a great point, Stella. I did want to say what they are calling it, Jordan Walker admits this in the video, that they're calling it directed evolution. So uh-huh, it is okay. more 1984 mm-hmm, newspeak. Mm-hmm. So it basically is gain-of-function yeah. work, but not <laughs> when you call it directed evolution. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not not going to function. No, no. Uh, I just, it sounds like a classic case of problem reaction solution to me. It's like they, if they're engineering viruses to, I mean, I I see where the sort of the grey area there is of the spoken description, mm-hmm. but it does sound like, you know, it sounds like they're basically getting this virus really early and, um, you know, doing whatever they've got to do to then find the vaccine for that particular strain. So that yeah. you know, we've talked about that. Um, yeah. But I think that's a load of crap. Yeah, the implications. Yeah, the implications. Implications here are are pretty amazing. Um, but uh, you know, it's. I think it, that kind of the directed evolution thing, the fact that they're doing that, uh, doesn't bother me as much as the idea that uh, Jordan Walker was so cavalier about government regulators becoming top executives in these pharmaceutical companies, which is, you know, a, a very big conflict of interest. And I bet these companies wouldn't be so cavalier in their own way about directed evolution if they didn't have these guys up there, you know, making sure that all the stuff wasn't going to be called out, that they were going to be sure that they could wheel and deal and get, uh, you know, vaccine deals with all these governments to make billions of dollars and all that kind of crap. Um, and the, I'll get, I I see your hand up there, Stella, the, um, the idea that there, even if it was, if it, if it was kind of, you know, innocent in its way that they're just trying to get ahead of these vaccines or get ahead of the mutations, doing that is sort of like the way government creates, um, uh, what do you call it? The 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 they plan ahead for events 
you know, they have, what do you, what do you call those, uh, documents? <laughs> no. Simulations. No, 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 no. It's, uh, uh event 201s. Sort of, but it, that's what I thought. Well, they're simulations. That's what they Operations. Are. Well, they, they come up with the idea. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe the, they, they spend millions of dollars creating a contingency plan. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And then somebody, and then the prod, the, the project to create the contingency plan ends. And then somebody in the government says, well, we just spent all this money. What do we have to show for it? Hmm. We need to put this contingency plan in action. So they look for a reason possibly to do it, you know, to, to allow that to happen or create a situation where that might happen. And because their name is on the contingency plan and they want to make sure that everybody knows that you had a really good idea there. At least that's always been my way of thinking about how the government does things. So this evolution, um, this directed evolution thing is a, uh, a foregone conclusion, perhaps, you know, they're evolving this virus. And at some point they're going to say, well, we just spent a billion dollars researching these mutations of the virus and that, and that mutation isn't out there yet, but you know, how, are we going to waste all this research money? Hell no. We're going to, we're going to, whoops, this, uh, you know, Wuhan, you know, got out. Oh, geez. Oh, Hey, we have a virus. We have a vaccine for it. Miraculously. You know, I, I just think all that stuff is very, very plausibly connected. Anyway, that's, yeah, well, it, it that's my take. Did come out in one of those, was it? Oh, it was probably several of them, but I think it was specifically Event 201 that, you know, a virus would start in China. I've, yeah. I've always thought, you know, I've always thought that was a scapegoat. I, I, I mean, I, have, I can't base it on anything apart from a few things I read really, really early in the piece. I wouldn't be able to find them again, but uh, it was just about, one of those forts that you've got up there, you know, the military things, Fort and they've Patrick. got, yeah, that might have been it. Um, yeah, about some experiments with, that were then sort of, you know, supposedly taken over to China and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. It's hard to say. What I was going to say was, though, but uh, when you're talking about how blatantly that guy just comes out and, you know, sort of boasts and things, I, I just, just this thought came into mind. It's a little bit out of the box, I guess, but on a sort of a maybe a more spiritual realm. Um, this whole issue of, you know, with the LGBTQI plus whatever, I got that right. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's the whole, the whole pride theme, like pride. I mean, pride comes before, before a fall. Pride was the reason, you know, in the Bible that Satan was kicked out of heaven, etc. Um, and to me, it's sort of like pride is, is like a default now. There's, there seems to be no shame in society. Society's been stripped of shame and, and, uh, decency i suppose is also a way of putting it there's other words um so there's that and, and also just on the subject of the project veritas i mean who knows yeah it certainly sounds coe to me and and i do wonder sometimes you know these ceos that that are exposing this stuff is that part of the exposure by them um to in order to get the consent because that's how it happens isn't it if there's no pushback if there's no stopping it that's yeah. considered as consent. So is that their role basically? Sometimes I just wonder. I mean, I think it's a good point. And I think that at, at the very least, maybe it's part two, two things that it could be part of the demoralization campaign because you become aware of it. And then what, what we're all about to see is absolutely nothing. That's what's going to happen to Pfizer is absolutely nothing. Right. 
So that could be In part fact, of their it. stocks have gone up as far as I believe. Um, I, I heard today they went down, but who knows? Um, Pfizer, maybe the last couple of days. Pfizer's down um, uh, 1.4% today, but over the last six months, it's down almost 13%. Oh, okay. So that's well, good. They, they got to clear, clear the, the market so they can bring in their next thing. Well, and I will say yeah. that um, December... 14th of 2022 they were at 54 dollars uh today they're at 44 so that <laughs> i wonder what was happening in december of 22 which would have led them up to a peak <laughs> um, the other thing i was going to say is so i think it could be part of demoralization campaign it could be part of the revelation of the method i do think that's part of it too because how else are they going to rub their authority in your face without you mm. knowing what they're doing and then you will at literally see that nothing happens to them so maybe that's part of it um maybe it's all kind of a combination of just generally peak corruption yeah. yeah it's all it's all corruption uh the government has its fingers in these industries so deeply that it, all this this kind of stuff is going to happen we probably wouldn't have ever had a pandemic if the government wasn't so heavily invested in the pharmaceuticals industry if it wasn't Unless, corruption and everything else just think but just think about how many pandemics they saved us from that we never even knew about all right whatever. Once they have the brain time. Yeah. I mean, I really think I don't I just don't believe I just don't think there ever was a pandemic. There never was. It's been a scam from the start. Maybe it was just the flu and they called it something else. You know, if you look, if any numbers are to be believed, it's the death rate was about the same as the flu season and nothing was called the flu. Well, so and, I don't ever, I don't even think that there was ever anything. And I know people are going to be like, oh, well, so-and-so and so-and-so. And I had someone that had COVID and they died. Okay, fine. The tests were fake. The tests were lying. And then when, if, if you had a loved one, which I did that went to the hospital, they killed them. They put them on a ventilator. They isolated them in a violation of human rights from being around their friends, family, and they had to die on a zoom call or FaceTime, and they gave them remdesivir, and they dehydrated them. And they, they put a, um, you know, the thing in the throat. Break. The trach. Yeah. yeah. And so, then not only that, they got paid to do it. Yes, a ton of money to do it. So it was about a hundred over a hundred grand per patient, from my understanding. If they yes. if they managed to do the whole thing, like the remdesivir and the, the litter and the and the in, 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 well, sorry, ventilator. Yes. And all that stuff. It was well over a hundred grand to the hospital. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. In, in that regard. And let's not forget that in 2021 through 2022, there were 5,000 reported uh, influenza deaths, whereas the previous year there were 25,000. Exactly. Yeah, and there was no pandemic then, was there? Right. No. So yeah. anyway, sorry, didn't mean to yeah. interrupt, but it it is the whole situation is frustrating um, that they have this much ability to, to do what they're doing. And they have made literally billions and billions of dollars um, off of the harm in, in so many ways of the entire world. It's pretty crazy. Stella, you have yeah. a question? I just wanted to, uh, we've just done an episode on the union of the unknowns about the trilateral commission. Mm 
and within that episode we talked about the infiltration of members of the Trilateral Commission and the Council of Foreign Affairs, their sort of their daddy group. Um, and yeah, the fact that these hospitals and all those places and universities and medical centres are all infiltrated by these people that make the policies and the decisions, then it's no wonder that they're rubbing it in our face because there's just they don't have to hide it anymore. Um, right. But it's it's yeah. fully controlled and to realize that. <laughs> it's all very depressing and i think we should move on to a more uplifting story that justin has about a man and his mercedes <laughs> on a justin. quick preview on a, on a quick note for the previous story um <laughs> as far as as far as you know the government controlling everything next time just tell them to tax this dick and walk away <laughs> yeah I'll, t- I'll tell them that but be careful because they might actually try to yeah, they might look. Uh, so I just got um, it's this this um, story just came out today, um, you know, six, seven hours ago. So there's not a ton of information about it because there's a lot of areas where it's just like a lot more information is needed. Uh, because as is, it just sounds like outright theft. But uh, let me get into it. So uh, the Georgia police seized a brand new gold mercedes i don't know why they include gold mercedes uh like the color like but i plated in gold or something it is not and that's the first thing i thought of uh when i saw i was like oh like this must be some big time huge drug dealer driving around a three million dollar gold plated mercedes no Mm. it's just it it actually looks like just like a lower end you know four-door sedan Mercedes. Um, So basically what happens is uh, this guy's from North Carolina. uh, Austin Banks is his name. And then uh, officials say an anonymous caller told police they saw Banks shopping at the local Walmart center. Uh, And authorities later learned Banks was reportedly in possession of concentrated THC, also known as DABs. And that just, that raises a lot of questions for me because, so what, did he have a warrant out for him? Uh, was he a known drug dealer? Uh, why did so, like, who cares if the guy's just shopping at a Walmart? Uh, so that's, just needs way more information. Uh, but basically, dabs or, you know, concentrated THC oil, it's just that. It's a... a Basically, they just extract the THC from cannabis, typically using like butane, and then uh, it's pretty potent and uh, good stuff. I hear. <laughs> uh, so going on, and officials did not say how much of the substance Banks had in his possession. So was it ten pounds? Was it a quarter gram? We have no idea. What I do know is that any amount of it is considered a felony because it's considered a manufactured drug because uh, cannabis is uh, scheduled federally as Schedule 1, meaning it has no medicinal value. Um, And then for context, cocaine and methamphetamine are Schedule 2 because they Mm. have some use in a medicinal setting. Hmm. Um, But yeah, basically, uh, he's a guy sitting in uh, Effingham County Jail. And the police are out there uh, bragging uh, 
Anyone who would like to donate their car to the police department can learn about their charitable program. We would like to extend this program to whomever wishes to participate, although there are certain restrictions. Uh, Rincon's beloved Lieutenant Snitch is available to see if you qualify. Uh, so basically, as far as I can tell, it's the local police department going online, bragging that they just stole some dude's brand new car over a small amount of drugs, which shouldn't surprise anyone at this point. But here we are in 2023. Didn't you say the guy's name was Cody Banks? Austin Banks. Oh, Austin Banks. Austin's banking this cash. Sorry. Well, not anymore. He's not. <laughs> now, now the lawyers are. Yeah. So that's ridiculous. So they just, you know, this is uh, what do you call it? Um, civil asset forfeiture. Civil asset forfeiture. It's a, a truly uh, horrendous abuse of power, government power. And right, and the civil, the, the civil asset forfeiture was originally thought of. So, like, let's say that this banks guy was like a cartel boss. Um, so the theory is like, okay, well, clearly, you know, this car was bought with proceeds of running drug trafficking. So we're going to take that, um, and, you know, confiscate it because it was gotten with illegal gains. But at the same time, they'll do the same thing to, you know, your grandma, if she has five grand on her, because it's who who needs five thousand dollars in cash? You must be a drug dealer. Yeah, which is actually a case that happened. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I used to drive around and I would see these uh, big fancy police SUVs, and it would have a sticker on the back that said, "This vehicle was, you know, obtained from drug whatever, blah blah blah." And I used to think, "Oh, okay, well, great, that makes sense." You know, they. They they get they get to keep the fancy stuff that the drug deal you know they're bad guys whatever yada 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 and I that was before I understood all the relationship between civil asset forfeiture forfeiture and uh, you know the bad things about it but now I, I see those things and I'm disgusted I'm like how do I know the person they took that from was a really bad guy how do I know he wasn't just some dude who you know, may or may not have had anything to do with drugs. I don't know. Or even if, like, maybe he sells, you know, a couple ounces of weed to his friends, the, you know. In the local middle school. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. Ridiculous. And and it's it's really ridiculous, man. It really is. <laughs> but so, um, Especially uh, with civil asset forfeiture, because they can do that before you're ever convicted or even charged of a crime. Well, and that's the fuck. The most fucked up part in my mind about it is that they basically confiscate the item and then you have to sue to prove the item, whether it's a car or cash or whatever. You have to sue them to prove the innocence of the item, which is oftentimes going to cost you more uh, in attorney costs than it's going right. to be for the value of the item. And there's so actually... Guilty until guilty until proven innocent yeah literally yeah. it literally is and um even if, even if they were handling it maybe you know even if civil asset, for, asset forfeiture was not something that was that devious maybe if they were taking the the af, after the fact after he'd been convicted and yada 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 
I still have a problem with it because why are the police getting to keep all these things and not the supposed victims of the criminal who, who violated the law? Right. And I can tell you that typically a lot of the times what happens is that a local police department will confiscate drugs or money and then they'll take that and they'll turn it over to the DEA. And the DEA is like, okay, well, since you turned this into us, you know, we'll give you like a 25% finder's fee and we're going to keep the 75% of it. So literally, like this is a finder's fee for them. It's another. It's just mafia in uniform, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's without you, at least with the mafia, you get to have fun, right? Like you go to the fucking gambling halls until you're, you know, 100 grand in debt and they break your legs. Yeah, yeah but you had fun getting there. <laughs> right. Now it's just bend over and say thank you. Yeah. yeah at least say- with the mafia, you could, you could storm in and buck up to the to the mafioso leader and shoot him in the head and take over as leader yeah you, know, you, can't, you can't do that at the sheriff's department and and you know what you're getting with the mafia like we call it what it is like you know you got to pay protection money or taxes as we would call it uh or else we're gonna come and we're gonna mm-hmm. take you out yep taxes uh, for your health and safety exactly uh, safe and effective <laughs> it's all a bunch of hogwash. And That's it's me. even used as intended. Like, let's say guy's selling an ounce of weed to his friends, like not even really making any money off of it. But he just, you know, spent 40, like he's been saving up for 20 years, you know, a hundred bucks, you know, here and there. Now he just bought his dream car. You just spent $40,000 on it. Not a single penny of it came from drug money. Now they've taken it all. They don't have to show any evidence that it was gained, any of the money was gained illegally. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. When was this, when was this uh, law, I suppose, or whatever it is, when, how, how long has this been in effect? Is this recent? No. Uh, it's, well, I can tell you that the theory of being able to confiscate an item and the person having to sue to get it back goes all the way back to British common law. Um, and that's actually right. what it's based off of. Uh, and that's, I, I love giving shit to Terry for it. <laughs> what do you call it? Property forfeiture? What was it? Civil asset forfeiture. Civil asset forfeiture. Ooh, or, it looks or, or NAMBLA, as it is often known. An acronym? They're all part of the same entities, I believe. Yes. The, the funny thing about NAMBLA, which is um, for people that are ignorantly bliss, uh, the National Association for Man-Boy Love, oh. or something like that. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. That is a real organization. I yeah, saw for no, the I'm first time <laughs> when I was like 13, like South Park did an yeah. episode making fun of them. I was like, that's so dumb. Like, what if a group like that actually existed? And I learned like 20 years later that it's a real fucking thing. Yeah. But uh, to, to answer Stella's question. Another show. Um, civil, drug-related civil asset forfeiture um, came about uh, under the 1970 Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act, which could have been where Joe Biden was a lead proponent of it. 
uh, because it's a racial jungle out there and a bunch of other racist things that he said. But he was top of his class. Yeah. So A lot happened in the early 70s, didn't it? There was some big... Oh, well, that's when the Trilateral Commission was <laughs> formed. It was. Was that yeah. under Nixon, Justin? Uh, I feel like that's when the war on drugs started. Keel, who was, was president Nixon? in 1970? In 1970? Yeah. I'm sure it was Nixon. I think that was Nixon, yeah. Yeah, because then they had the, the church investigation not long after, and he had to step down and all that. Yeah, yeah when... 69 to 74. Okay. Frank Church. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, speaking but, of criminals... Uh, can I end on one last yeah, note? go ahead. And qualified immunity. Sorry, yes, go ahead. Absolutely. Yes. So I've got some good news. We finally apprehended a, a nefarious criminal. You might have heard of him. Uh, the uh, the Rust movie set murderer. They finally formally charged this guy. Mm. I mean, he's you, you may also have heard of him called Alec Baldwin. But uh, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Yeah, they've so he's been charged with uh, involuntary manslaughter, along with uh, the armorer, um, whose name is Hannah Gutierrez Reed. And of course, they both deny the allegations, yada yada yada. Um, but anyway, so they should have. They're you know they're not arrested or anything. They're you know free of their own recognizance. Uh, but they should have the trial should start in about six months. They've got some legal steps to go through before that, but if they're afforded their, you know, constitutional rights to a speedy trial, it should happen within about six months. Well, I believe that there was actually a third person that was also charged, but he took a plea bargain, or like he was like right off the bat, like just let me let me deal. Oh yeah, the uh, that would be the like a producer or assistant producer or something like that. Wasn't wait, I, wasn't that the guy? Um, yeah. I, I I watched a quick summary of it on uh, YouTube, and if you follow me at Isn't on Twitter, it was a really good ten minute. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, this article that I have here doesn't mention that other guy's uh, situation, but I think you're right. There was a third person. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, the important part is that we we finally caught this criminal and his... <laughs> they, they, too long, were they, you know, harming society in the shadows? Yeah. Um, when when did the incident happen? That was last what, year. 20, was it last year? I was going to guess 2019. Oh, no, it was oh, October no. 2021. 21, yeah. Wow. Time flies. Yeah, it does fly. It's it? my theory is that 5G affects either time or how we perceive time. So does it's large an interesting statement. Of alcohol. <laughs> just, just I'd like saying. to see I'd like to see your peer-reviewed research on that, sir. I've I have I have peer-reviewed research on that. <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole cabinet. Yes. Anyway, many, in the garage, many hours, it? many hours of research done on that particular topic. Mm, indeed. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, the Hannah Gutierrez Reed uh, released her, her uh, attorney released a statement talking about uh, 
how she on the set continued to attempt to uh, increase safety on the set and tried to get back on into that church scene where where um, the where Mr. Baldwin uh, supposedly uh, fired the gun that killed the guy. Uh, but she was denied access at the time, and she said she claims if she had been allowed to go back in there, she could have made sure the gun was safe and all that stuff. So she's saying that her abilities as the as a competent armor were severely hindered by the uh, the people like her the producers on the set. Mm. And then Alec Baldwin's claim is that he never pulled the trigger of the gun. He swears it up and down, never pulled that trigger, that uh, it just fired on its own. And uh, look, no, I think there was another and, shooter on the grassy knoll, wasn't there? It must must have been. Now I can I can talk to that to this aspect of it with a a you know those old Western guns are known as single action armies because they're single action revolver. The old way, the old technology that they had it is possible to discharge the firearm without pulling the trigger. If you, if you have the hammer resting on a, on a bullet uh, and you flip the trigger a little bit, just enough to, to hit the primer and cause the, the bullet to, to discharge, it can go off. So that's the reason why, if, if you know why, the old uh, cowboys would load their their old revolvers, they would leave one chamber empty, and that was the chamber that their hammer was resting on when they had it holstered. Oh, yep. That, that way, they couldn't accidentally... Especially when, like, when they're she riding a the horse, everything's just bouncing all yeah. over. You don't want to have that on a live round. Exactly. So, it, yeah. his story, his story might be true, that he didn't pull the trigger, well, but he certainly wasn't safe with the firearm. And I rate. can't I can't tell you that there is footage I've seen with these these two eyeballs here of him when he's practicing. He pulls his gun out and his finger is in the trigger yeah. guard. My my guess is he had the trigger depressed and flipped the the hammer. He does he does admit that he pulled the hammer back all the way at one point, but he swears he never pulled the trigger. I bet he just had he was showing poor trigger discipline had his finger on the trigger it was pulled back farther than he thought it was far enough for the hammer not to be uh caught in in a in a locked position and just flipped flipped it or flicked it whether intentionally or not and it just went off he sh he should have as soon as he was handed that gun he should have looked in the the cylinder and made sure there weren't any real bullets in there or even fake ones because if he had accidentally hit a blank that would have banged been loud and interrupted the whole production so he he was negligent himself stella i just wanted to ask uh am i correct in saying that mr baldwin is an anti-gun lobbyist yeah probably he's a very big lefty so i would assume he is but i don't he is he is a very rabid anti-gun enthusiast and the Thank funny you. part is that if he wasn't such a retarded nimwit, maybe he would have <laughs> known to, whenever someone hands you a firearm, 
to check and make sure it's not loaded. Yeah, that's the first thing you always do. You but give- you know what? He's he's been on so many movies where he's shooting guns. You'd think at some point they would he would have picked up on that on the the basic safety rules. I think he has always just relied on someone else, you know, like handing it to him and just yeah. trusting that. And most people are probably competent when it comes to that. Well, the reason I was asking about whether he's an anti-gun lobbyist, which I'm pretty sure he is, um, does that mean? I wonder. I just I'm wondering how much experience he has with guns. I mean, he just raised a good point about how many movies he's done involving guns. Yeah. But like uh, Offset, uh, you know, in, in his life. To be an anti-gun mm-hmm. lobbyist, I would think that he's probably not really overly um, competent with firearms because I can't imagine someone who's competent with firearms wanting to be anti-gun. Yeah. So, well, you're probably right. I bet his his armed guards that he has oh, yeah. are absolutely very well versed. Yeah, that's that's the that's one of the big hypocrisies in Hollywood is all these super left liberal. Uh, movie stars they always scream about guns and whatever but they themselves star in these action movies where they're shooting guns all <laughs> over the place and they they all have guards around them and i guarantee you they have guns you know they're mm. they're important people they have to be protected yep well that's it they're important people we're not yeah right so, yeah, so what do, what do they expect from their guards if, if guns were banned, for instance? How are they going to be protected? Well, right. it's, like pea well, shooters or something. You'd they have, get you'd to have, keep their guns. Yeah, you'd have special yeah. privileges for. Yeah, of course there would be. You know, celebrity privileges. Yeah. So they they so uh, Baldwin now faces up to eighteen months in prison and a fi- whopping five thousand dollar fine. Wow. <sighs> For involuntary manslaughter. How will this man ever recover? I don't know. I guarantee you. The victim. You thought you thought the guilt of taking someone's life was bad. He might have to pay five thousand dollars. <laughs> if I was the victim's family, I'd be highly offended. Yeah. Oh, they they will. I guarantee you, there will be a civil trial where he will end up having to pay them millions. Oh, he does. Especially if he's convicted, uh, because a criminal trial is unanimous. Civil trials are fifty percent plus one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope he does. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know what my feelings are about the armor on the set. Uh, I could. I could see her statement being true as well. Maybe not, but I don't know. If I were, if I were an armor. Uh, well, see, you know, I want to say if I were an armor, I would have a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I'm not being allowed to be safe and to make sure I'm in control of all the guns all the time, then I would probably say, all right, forget it. I'm not doing this if you guys aren't going to do it right and would leave. And yeah. but she's she was a young girl here. And, you know, but, you know, so maybe and you're she blaming the patriarchy. Well, no, I'm <laughs> she's saying a young maybe, girl. Now, maybe she's, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience, so she maybe she doesn't have a lot of options. She can't she can't just walk away from this job because she needs it. But her dad is a well-established armorer in the in the film industry. So she has, you know, the baseline. She's she's been around it her whole life, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And her dad being who he is probably is the one that gets her the jobs anyway. So 
I, I gotta, I gotta, if, you know, if I were her, it sounds like she probably could have walked away from that set if, if they weren't doing things the right way. If she was that, if she, if she was that upset over it anyway, that she's claiming to be. I'm sure that they'll use her as a scapegoat. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. They'll use her as a scapegoat because it would be her incompetence. Yeah. So the buck so, will probably stop. Do we all want to go around in a circle real quick and predict how much time out of that 18 months Alec Baldwin is going to spend in prison? Yes. You go first. Zero. I, I think um, we're all going yeah. to have the same, the same answer here. <laughs> well, I, I can predict. Here's here is my prediction for what he's what his charges will or what his sentencing will actually be. I'm gonna guess two years probation and a five thousand dollar fine. Yeah, and that's that is an unattended probation where basically he just can't shoot any more people for two years and then he gets <laughs> off probation. Well, he'll be able to shoot them. He just won't be allowed to kill them by shooting them. Let's be specific. Yeah, I was gonna say. I guess it depends on what state you're in, also. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of that. Uh... And I on uh, I just saw this. Um, so um, uh, to, to Ashley's story, Project Veritas is apparently renting an LED truck featuring clips from their recent run-in with the Pfizer exec <laughs> and uh, park it right outside of Pfizer headquarters. Oh, so it's not there else. It's a great troll. It's a yeah. great troll. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I also <laughs> wanted to add in that I think that Alec will serve zero months or days in jail. And I also want to say that I think that something is weird about this story. What's Me weird too. about it? I don't know exactly what I think is weird about it, but I think that it is weird. I think that the fact that someone in today's day and time was killed on a movie set. Um, Monica made some good points about who is this gal anyway, the gal that ended up getting mm. killed uh, back when this happened. But I also just think that like Alec Baldwin is some connected little puppet of the predator class. He probably thinks he's one of them. And that it's just something is fishy knowing where we stand on guns and just the whole like oh see what happens when when somebody has a gun i don't know just it stinks i would yeah, say i'm with you there ashley and i can't quite put my finger on it either but there's something not right there's something fishy something out of place and i'm thinking yeah. sacrifice, blood sacrifice but yeah that's like oh yeah, yeah right down the rabbit hole isn't it it, it did happen way down. inside of the mm -hmm. church so it feels Pardon? to me just like this is what happens when you give a retarded liberal a gun. I, I'm more on that side, but it did. It, the event did take place in a church, and in a the church. Yeah, and the armor was not allowed back in the church, so maybe they were saying, "No, no, no, you can't go in there because you know we're not done doing what we're doing." Some kind wow, of. Oh, I did not know it took place in a church. That's okay. yeah. He was he was sitting <laughs> in. A, supposedly, yeah. he was sitting in a pew. Like practicing pulling his gun out and cross draw, cross draw. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Put it's a new light on it for me. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> and, you, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Do I remember reading that they're still planning on finishing the movie? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Seems a little weird. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like disrespectful, but 
also yes. Maybe maybe Rust is an acronym for something satanic. Something satanic temple or I'm gonna make Stella's head spin here. Maybe I don't you put just anything. In. I don't know what it was. I do not put anything past these people. I it, really don't. So took, if you take the, the word Go ahead, Justin. If you take the worst word rust and you break down the numerical letters in the alphabet <laughs> and then you take you the R nature. and you multiply it by the U. <laughs> it, it that, that, that is how a lot of like the numerology shit goes where it's like, yeah. like well, I don't know, is, man, that's wild. Uh, There's little it, signals in lots of stories and they're there for a reason. It happened. Communicating to each other. It happened in New Mexico, if that helps. There's a there's a lot of uh, you know Indian sites and ancient things out in that west. So Mexico is six letters. Oh, there you go. And uh, well, okay, if you one. put new in front of Mexico, well, you get three six. New Mexico right? is oh, two three words. six nine. Three six nine. New Mexico. Three new. Mexico six and together nine. There you Ooh. go. But uh, a lot like of those it. churches have been built on the top of old ancient temple sites too. So I'd really like to look into that church. You should. We'll do a follow up. Stella will. No, I probably won't. I got too much stuff to read. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, Stella's got a story about some kind of radioactive diet pills or something. <laughs> One of our listeners might be able to look that up and, and uh, get involved. Yeah, um, yeah. I was looking at what's been happening in Australia because, to, to be really honest, I don't look at the news at all. I look at the news once a week for this show, <laughs> but I stay away from it. Um, but it's amusing. Um, but there wasn't a lot happening, and then I realised there actually was. Um, there's a lot happening in Alice Springs at the moment. That's completely out of control. Uh, that's right in the middle of Australia. That's a very prickly story, but it's a very big one. So I might be bringing that one later down the line because I'm not versed well enough in it because it involves indigenous people and yeah, it's very prickly. So, but uh, that's coming out at the moment. It's quite a big story. Uh, anyway, hmm. staying in the desert, but uh, moving over to Western Australia. So the when was uh, 25th of January, five days ago, six days ago. Um, the who is a Rio Tinto mining company, very, very big mining company, huge in Australia. Uh, what has happened has uh, there's been a tiny radioactive capsule, which is apparently inside their um, calibration or Geiger counters or what have you. That is six millimeters by eight millimeters, which is around about a third of an inch to about half an inch. Uh, and it contains a radioactive Thing called cesium, I think it's said C A E S I M, cesium one three seven, which is very highly radioactive, allegedly. Um, it has fallen off the back of a truck somewhere between Pilbara and Perth, which is mm. about fourteen hundred kilometers, yeah. which is so around sure. about eight hundred and ninety miles, I believe, something like that. Uh, they need to find it. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> that is literally needle in haystack material there because mm. 
not only is I don't I'm not sure if it's sealed road I would probably think it is but you know I mean something that small in a desert um, which you know could have rolled off into the side of the road as well as not just sitting on the road conveniently um, it's apparently small enough as well that it could even get lodged in the grooves of tires hmm. so that could be anywhere <laughs> it yeah. could be anywhere good luck finding that, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yes, um, uh, there's been, obviously, searches have been launched. Um, (laughs) It's very mixed messages, though, because you look at some of the uh, news items about it and they've got photos of, you know, the full-on Geiger gear with, you know, like almost like a deep-sea diver sort of outfitting. But, you know, then you look at another Australian story and it's just it's just the, the dudes in their high biz stuff just cruising along looking for this thing and the thing about it is that you, it, they're warning you know do not go anywhere closer than five meters to this thing it's so strong that it uh, apparently standing within one meter of this capsule is the equivalent of receiving 10 chest x-rays in one hour what? Uh, but it depends on the story because then you go to another story and it says it's emitting uh, 17 x-rays per hour equivalent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a pretty strong little thing here and it's quite a quite a big deal that it's gone missing. I'd imagine it's probably quite an expensive thing as well. But, um, so just to quote the authorities, authorities believe the tiny capsule fell out of its packaging and through a small hole in the truck where a bolt had dislodged. Wow. The perfect storm. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, you think about the physics of that. We've got a six millimeter by eight, eight millimeter, so it's slightly cylindrical. I don't, it doesn't say how big the bolt was or the bolt hole, uh, but let's think about a large bolt, for instance, yeah. on a truck. Yeah. Now, it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that that could happen. It mm-hmm. is possible. Uh, but you think about it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's an it's an amazing. Well, they they, they call it a remarkable event. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully, you know they can get out there with uh, Geiger counters and find it. You know, that's what they're doing. Yeah, they've yeah. flown in all sorts of special um, equipment, very sensitive equipment, and then a car-mounted equipment and stuff. They reckon that um, search is only going to take expected to take five days <laughs> how can they even <laughs> guess at that <laughs> oh, i know there's a lot of weird things about this but yeah. um there's also like it's it's all very you know there's these specialists coming out great expense obviously um don't go anywhere near it etc but let me read this bit which is just so beautifully typically australian um so somewhere along the great northern road which is the Great Northern Highway, I'm sorry, which is sort of the, the desert road which the truck would have been on to get between Pilbara and Perth. Uh, along that road, there's a, there's a little town called Woburn, which sits, it's in the Wheat Belt region, it sits um, along one of the in- intersections. Uh, where is it? The, the owner of the. Yeah, there's not many intersections in that part of the, <laughs> the country. Not many at all. I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they're just basically talking like small towns. You know, everybody's going to be talking about news like that. Uh, Mrs. Schmidt, um, the lady that runs the the roadhouse, 
in this little town, Wuben. Uh, she says, uh, sorry, I thought I had it here. Yeah, most of the people, that, sorry, let me do it in the Aussie. Yeah, most of the people <laughs> that come in here, they talk about things that are concerning them. Nobody's even mentioned this, which is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, and then it says, uh, Miss Schmidt said it as the town was a prominent transport hub for truck drivers. It would be kind of handy for them to know which trucking company was involved in transporting the capsule because, of course, they'd be able to recognise the trucks that come through. They'd know every truck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we've we got a pretty big area here with parking and stuff. Uh, it would take a long time for us to go around and have a look around this area. Yeah. So if we had an idea of whether it was a company that was here or not, then, yeah, that would help. It's <laughs> just so by the way. Uh, it's beautiful. But, but this bit particularly, this is a bit that I just love. There's a lot of people here that don't even read the newspaper or listen to the news. So even if they were putting up some sort of sign on the front of the roadhouse or something, just letting people know, that would be beneficial. Which I thought was a rather large word to be used there. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's all just sort of really by the way and she'll be right, mate, in one sense. And in the other sense, it's all like, boot, 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 DEFCON 4, like, you know, we, we have to find this, don't go near it. That's funny. Um, wouldn't yeah. they like something like that? Don't you think that maybe like, like just put a fucking AirPod tracker on it? Well, it was, it's probably too tiny to, to put a device like that on it, I would think. I mean, how many trillions of dollars have they spent on the latest, greatest technology? I'm sure that they could have figured it out if they really yeah, wanted maybe. to. Maybe. Yeah, well, the WA um, chief health officer has come out saying that you know, this type of radioactive material is transported around the state just as a routine. It happens all the time. So it's extremely rare for a source to be lost. <laughs> uh, 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 but it does happen. <laughs> it obviously <laughs> happens. It's rare. When oh, you said it uh, going around the state, I'm just picturing them like taking it out. Like, okay, you ready for, for your ride around the country real quick? It's like, oh, no, that, that obviously doesn't make sense. Well, why wasn't it secured? If this was something that could With be With an AirPod. Yeah, Sorry, exactly, yeah. Ashley. I don't know. It, it just, I don't know. What it, it says happens, here is that um, it somehow managed to work its way loose out, not only out of its packaging, which, you know, <laughs> the packaging itself, you would think if it's that detrimental, I mean, they're blaming human complacency. They're blaming the fact that people do this stuff with this stuff all the time. So they mm. just get complacent. Uh, you know, even even new people, it only takes them a couple of weeks it's, and they're already complacent sort of thing. To um, be fair, people are incompetent as shit. Yeah, they, well, that is possible. That's true. But this is just too weird. There's just too many weird things about this. But I yeah. get frustrated because I'm like, what are they after? What are they really up to? Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and the thing that concerns me the most is let's assume that this radioactive material is as radioactive or even radioactive at all. Let's assume that there is actually a thing that got lost. Uh, but I do have it on a fairly reasonably good source out there in the mining field that uh, they know a bloke who knows the bloke that was the dude that lost it. So uh, mm. he's going to be the scapegoat, mm. obviously. Yeah. I mean, even if, he, if I don't know if he was a truck driver or what, or the packer, I don't know, but even he wouldn't really know, probably. So he'll just get, gonna have to go, Oh, did I? Did I screw up? Oh, sorry. Yes, probably so lose his job. But, but the things I just want to. 
<laughs> but uh, the thing Sorry. that concerns me most, again, assuming that this is all as it is, if it does get picked up by a car and get lodged in between tyres, and then, you know, this, this car ends up in suburban, suburban Perth, and this thing dislodges and goes down a water vent or something and somehow ends up in, you know, there's so many scenarios where this could go really, really wrong. And I'm just wondering, I'm going to keep my ears open for something in yeah. WA to come, perhaps. Luckily, a very weird story. Luckily, we know that radiation is fake and gay. Go, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kills would not agree. I, I would not agree. I, I do believe in radiation. And I've got a, a story that can give you an, a very, uh, well, I wouldn't say good example, but it's an example of what can happen in this precise scenario, like worst case scenario. Hmm. So there's, there, your story reminded me of this uh, event that took place in Soviet Russia in the 80s, it's called the Kramatorsk Radiological Accident. So what happened was a small capsule containing cesium-137 hmm. was uh, lost at a, a gypsum mine, I think it was. Um, Wait, they mine for gypsies? No, not <laughs> gypsy mine. Uh, let's see. It was uh, I don't remember. It was it was it was lost in in a in mining uh, uh, like the spoils when they were digging out the mine. Whatever they lost this capsule and they couldn't find it. So the the Russians working there just said, "Well, whatever. We we can't find it. We're going to leave it here. What's the harm could possibly happen?" Well, the material that they were mining out of ended up being used as uh, in concrete. When they built an apartment home in uh, Ukrainian SSR, hmm. go figure. And that capsule sat in the wall for um, nine years before they figured out what was going on. But during that time, two separate families lived in the apartment right next to that wall. Uh, an eighteen-year-old died suddenly because of the radiation coming out of the wall. Her 16-year-old brother followed soon, and their mother. Mm. All in all, uh, it was... Damn it. It's just more radiation in the wall. <laughs> yeah, well, it took them nine years to figure out what the hell was going on. And yeah. uh, there were... All right. Four people living in that building died as a result of it being there. And 17 more received uh, various doses of radiation. And I think resi uh, the residents all died from leukemia. Can you please re repeat what year that was? Uh, 1980 to 1989. So 1980 was when it went missing. Um, that was the duration of the incident. Uh, it, it was lost in the Karansky Quarry in the late 70s. Okay, so what happened? Okay, so it was lost in that quarry for 10 and, years. And then the gravel oh, from the quarry was used in construction. The capsule ended up inside of a concrete panel. Uh, how did they know it, then the incident went from 1980? How did they trace that, I wonder? 
like how did they know that that was when that piece of concrete or gypsum or whatever got picked up well the equipment i'll just read you the entire article so the capsule was originally part of a radiation level gauge and was lost in the Kransky quarry in the late 70s. The search for the capsule was unsuccessful and ended after a week. Maybe that's where they get your five days from. The gravel from the quarry was used in construction. The cesium capsule ended up in the concrete panel of apartment 85 of building 7 on Mary Primachenk Street at the time under Soviet name Gidyardvsev Kencher for something Russian between apartments 85 and 52. Over nine years, two families lived in apartment 85. A child's bed was located ne directly next to the wall containing the capsule. The apartment was fully settled in 1980. A year later, 18-year-old woman who lived there suddenly died. In 1982, her 16-year-old brother followed and then their mother. Even after that, the flat did not attract much of public attention, despite the fact that the residents all died from leukemia. Doctors were unable to determine the root cause of illness and explain the diagnosis by poor hereditary or heredity. A new family moved into the apartment and their son died from leukemia as well. His father managed to start a detailed investigation during which the vial was found in, in the wall in 1989. By the time the capsule was discovered, four residents of the building had died from it. 17 more had received varying doses of radiation. Part of the wall was removed and sent to the Institute for Nuclear Research, where the capsum, cesium capsule was removed, identified by serial number, and disposed of. Wow. Wow. That's a really interesting story. Very interesting. I'm glad you brought that. Um, mm -hmm. Just to follow up with my story in comparison to that, um, yes. the, before the cargo left the Rio Tinto mine, it does say it was reported that the, the, there was a Geiger counter used to check that that radioactive capsule was mm. indeed in its packaging before it left the mine. So mm. they took readings to be sure that all the cargo was there, um, which tells me that must have been the only one in the truck because how would they be, if there was like two or three or four of them all together, how would they be able to, you know, run the Geiger counter over and know that there was two or three or four of them. So I don't yeah. know about how that works. So basically what they're saying is it was definitely on the truck before it left the mine. So what I'm saying there is that unlikely that down the track we'll find a house uh, or something containing that from the mine. What, right. what it sounds like to me is literally like a, the plot line to a movie where some terrorists yeah. fucking you know pull over and rob an armored truck and yada 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 yeah and i'll tell you it it actually makes me um kind of nervous too because bill gates was just in australia and it could be completely not related at all but he was just there selenos um and he was talking about how there could be a new a new pandemic that came and it was worse for kids and whatever and i'm just like what are you up to kai yeah exactly God, <laughs> meeting up with Albo. Yeah. yeah and apparently um australia gave has given i think it's just the gates foundation or whatever it was basically bill gates may as well just stuffed it in his pocket some incredibly huge amount of hundreds of millions of dollars 
Meanwhile, here in Lismore, we still have flood victims that are having housing problems. But thanks, Albo. Go and have a beer, mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, can, can, I ask you, do? can I ask you guys one quick question? Yes. Uh, it's some, you may think of it when you were talking about uh, your Ukrainian thing. And um, so we know like all the different like languages have different ways of like spelling words and a lot of different languages actually use different characters than the characters we use. But uh-huh. basically every different language that I've ran into, they all use um, the, the numbers we use, like drawing them out, like, you know, one, a two, a three. They're all drawn out the same. So What's up with that? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't know. I've I've never. I don't know any any ancient Romans that used our numbers. Well, it, it feels like we went from um, Roman numerals straight to everyone around the world uses alphanumerical numbers. Like, why doesn't someone have like say. you know a squiggly line for a nine? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back up when we have Terrence on. I feel like he might actually have some knowledge on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know like, I know I have actually read that at some point, but it's way too long ago to to remember the details. It is interesting. It's just vodka thoughts over here. Yeah, it could be uh, the Canary Corner, the history of maths. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Let's see. laughs> if you guys. And Kyle, feel free to cut this out if it's if it's a premature premature launch. Okay. Um, if you're a member of Rockfin, uh, go check us out. Union of the Unknowns on Rockfin. We're gonna try and put out some bonus content out there, and maybe we can get uh, Terry to do a, a Canary Corner. Ooh. Yeah. Where I get to Actually, ask him my dumb drunken questions. <laughs> That's a good idea. Terry's Canary's Corner. Yep. All right, guys. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for your stories. Uh, Ashley, how can people get in touch with us normally outside of Well, Kill, I'm glad you asked. You can get in touch with us in many, many ways, and you can find all of that information at unionoftheunknowns.com on our website. Thank you. Any parting thoughts? Thanks for tuning in. Tax the stick, feds. (laughs) Put a prawn on the barbie. There we go. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone. We are out. Good night, everyone. Nacho Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.